Alright, welcome back everybody, Dumpster Fire Sports, Bruno Fish here, and uh, finally getting another podcast underway, sorry about the delay, um, today's podcast will be about some must-watch storylines for the upcoming NHL season, uh, this podcast is based off an article on, from NHL.com, got some information from there, if you want to read it, it's obviously on NHL.com, um, so I'll have my take on some of these uh major off-season storylines and uh, give you the uh, best ideas I have available. So we'll get it started with um, Nick Costina talking about the rise of the Florida Panthers. And uh, in there he was talking about how uh, Joel Quenville uh, coming in as the coach for the Florida Panthers, uh, also the addition of Sergei Bobrovsky and he was raising questions as to whether the Florida Panthers will finally take the extra step uh, and make the playoffs, And which for the past couple of years, a lot of people have had them making the playoffs, but um, for the past, I think, three seasons, they've just gotten off to terrible starts, and they've come on the second half of the season, but by that time, it's been too late, and they've missed the playoffs for a number of years in a row. So they've been quite a disappointment, but um, I think... For this team, though, to take a step in the right direction, they're going to need Joel Quenville to really bring this team together and make them a team. Because in past years, it, it's looked like there have been a bunch of individual contractors. You know, players seem to be playing for themselves. So for them to take the next step, they really, really need to have some chemistry. Alexander Barkov, I think, is one of the best centers in the league. Uh, when he's on his game, he can really carry their team. They also have Aaron Ekblad on the blue line. So... They have plenty of talent there. I, I didn't even mention Jonathan Huberto or Bobrovsky yet, so they have lots of talent on that team. It's just the question is whether they can bring it all together. So I think the spotlight will be on Joel Quenville uh, this season for them, whether they can make the playoffs. And if I had to make a prediction now, I would say that the Panthers would make the playoffs, but it's definitely going to come down to how they can start their season because past few years has not looked pretty, but Joel Quenville is known for getting his teams off to good starts in the season, so that will be a major storyline. I think their first seven of their nine game, the first seven of their first nine games are on the road, so as we've seen in the past, it's actually going to be a good thing for NHL teams because it can really bond the team well, so I expect the Panthers to have a good season, but their first month of the season, October, will really define how the rest of the season is going to go. So look for October to really be the defining month of the Panther season. All right, so the next storyline uh, was brought up by William Douglas. Uh, he talks uh, about how Carter Hart, uh, the rookie goaltender, uh, how that can make an impact on the Philadelphia Flyers in the upcoming season. Um, actually, uh, even before I read this, I had Carter Hart as my pick to be a bust for this season. Not necessarily a bust for his career, but I think there's just so much hype around the guy right now. Uh, I think just the expectations are way too out of proportion for a guy that played just a handful of regular season games last year and is going to be playing his first full season this year. He's very young. I think he's in his early 20s. So, yeah, just 21 years old. So, I... I don't see him uh, being a huge force for the Flyers. I don't even know if we'll have the starting job by the end of the season. 
that's just my prediction, my take on it. But it would like he like uh, William Douglas brought up though. It'll be very uh, interesting to see how he does over the course of a full season and how the Flyers uh, play in front of him because he's been known for playing harder in front of uh, younger, more green goalies. So that will obviously big be a big storyline throughout the season. Our next storyline is by Tom Glitty. Uh, can will we see an encore of the Car- last year's Carolina Hurricanes? And the Hurricanes obviously shocked everybody last year. The bunch of jerks, as they were named uh, by Don Cherry, um, they really took everybody uh, off guard. They had that stupid little storm surge thing. I hope they never do that again. Uh, sorry if any Hurricanes fans are listening, but uh, it was a terrible idea. Um, but anyway, looking to, at their actual team this year, they don't have Justin Williams returning. Uh, their goaltending situation, uh, I think that's a point of interest. Um, they lost, they, I think they traded Scott Darling. He, he was an absolute disaster, and that, that contract really blew up in the face of Carolina. Uh, but they did manage to bring back Sebastian Ajo, a great young player. He actually received an offer sheet from the Montreal Canadiens, but the Hurricanes were quick to match it, and so they're bringing Ajo back on a relatively team-friendly deal. He uh, he had a real breakout season last year with 30 goals and 83 points, so point-per-night player. Had a real good season, but it'll be interesting to see if they can. this whole team can take the next step forward. Uh, if I had to bet on it, I would say not. I think they're a little young still, but in coming years, if owner Tom Dundon can keep the team together, they could really be dangerous, but their time is not yet. I there's not really enough leadership on that team to take them far, especially with the departure of Justin Williams. All right, our next storyline uh, by Pete Jensen uh, is whether the Arizona Coyotes will end their long playoff drought. They have not made the playoffs since 2012, so it's been a minute for them. But over the offseason, they made a big splash by acquiring Phil Kessel from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, great player. I'm a huge fan of that trade. Uh, they'll also have Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz, Oliver ekman Larson, and hopefully they'll have a full year of a healthy Antti Ranta, who, before he got injured last year in goal, uh, he was one of the best goalies in the league. Uh, he would have gotten Vesna votes if it wasn't for his injury. So with a full year of Antti Ranta, uh, look out the Coyotes. could They could really have some stability in the back end, which... For so many years with Mike Smith, they didn't. They were, you know, there was no uh, predictability back there. So, if Antti Ranta, he doesn't have to be sensational. He just has to be a good, solid goalie that the Coyotes can rely on. That'll give their defense a lot of confidence, and that could be a sneaky, good uh, defense, especially led by uh, Oliver ekman Larson. So, uh, that's a it's a young team, Arizona, uh, but I do have them making the playoffs just because. They're, they have such a good young core. Clayton Keller, uh, native St. Louis, and is really a good player. He took a step back last year, but I I still see him. I think that was just more of growing pains more than anything. I think he'll be fine in the long run. Uh, Nick Schmaltz, who they got from the Chicago Blackhawks, he took some real good strides last year before he got injured. And then adding Phil Kessel, anybody, any team in the NHL will take a power right winger like Phil Kessel. So. I think that was a real good trade for the Arizona Coyotes, and I uh, look for them to be making noise in the Western Conference as far as making the playoffs goes. 
All right, moving on. Uh, next is the Central Division battle subject brought up by Adam Kilman. Uh, so that's just talking about uh, the probably the deepest division in the entire NHL, uh, the Central Division. You have the defending Stanley Cup champions, St. Louis Blues, uh, Nashville Predators, uh, Colorado Avalanche. That could be a really good team this year. Uh, you have Dallas Stars, who were half an inch uh, in Game 7 overtime, making the conference finals last year. Uh, so they have a lot of good teams in this division. A lot of people are expecting the Blackhawks to maybe make a rebound too this year. So, But I think this is going to be definitely the deepest division in the NHL. Uh, but there's a lot of question marks in my mind. I think more than people are looking at, though, because... A lot of people are talking about the Nashville Predators as being the favorite. I don't think they will be, uh, mainly because they really faded towards the end of last year. They almost remind me of what the Washington Capitals used to be. Uh, I remember how they had those years of where they'd make the playoffs and just get bounced in the first round. That complacency set in. And obviously, the Capitals won 2018, but before then, they really had a lot of complacency in the playoffs and before then. So uh, I think... Unfortunately, the same thing is uh, creeping in for the Nashville Predators, but they're really going to have to prove something this year if they're going to be a, considered a dangerous team for years to come because they also signed Matt Duchesne, which has been a, kind of a locker room cancer. If you always been the Antonio Brown of the NHL, <laughs> obviously that's a, a, not a very good comparison right there because nobody in the NHL is nearly what Antonio Brown is, but... Uh, Losing his foe, Matt Duchesne, everywhere, and I don't think it's by accident. He has been known for not being a very good teammate. And uh, as a St. Louis Blues fan, I'm kind of glad to see that uh, being over in Nashville. So, But the Stars, uh, a lot of people are saying they got better by getting Corey Perry. And they also got one other free agent. Uh, it's escaping my mind right now. But, um, but the Stars added a couple people on their front line. Uh, although they do look a little bit slower and older than they did last year, although I think they will be fine. They'll just come playoff time. We'll really need to see. That'll be their big prove at time, so especially with Ben Bishop and Nett, who was sensational last year in the playoffs. Uh, and then also in the Central Division, you had uh, the Colorado Avalanche uh, making a lot of improvements. Uh, also getting Nazem Kadri, a lot of center depth there for Colorado Avalanche. So... Central Division, deepest division in the NHL, and I didn't even mention the Winnipeg Jets yet, or, or any of the, or the Minnesota Wild. So uh, Winnipeg, although it did take a couple steps back, they haven't even re-signed Patrick Laine yet. Uh, he could get an offer sheet. He could get traded. So I think the Jets are in a bit of a tough times right now. And they also had to trade Jacob Trubo, who they kind of chased out of town. So I'm not re feeling too confident about the Jets, but uh, I think overall the. Central Division is going to be very tough. Very good teams, top to bottom. All right, moving on. Uh, Mike Morrell, staff writer for NHL.com, brings up a storyline of Jack Hughes versus Capo Keiko. Uh, top two draft picks in this year's draft. Jack Hughes going number one, Keiko going number two. Uh, Jack Hughes for the New Jersey Devils. And boy, the Devils made a lot of offseason moves, which we'll get to in a little bit, but... I think Jack Hughes is going to be a real, real good young player. I'm really liking how this New Jersey team is looking. I don't know if this is their year quite yet, but with him as 
possibly their number one or number two center, Nico Heeshier, is the other center. I think this team's starting to look really, really deep. That New Jersey team uh, look for them to, in, at least in the next couple of years, to really gel together as a team. And you could see some noise being made by them in the Eastern Conference. And then we have Capo Keiko, who's uh, just across town over with the New York Rangers. I love that rivalry between New Jersey and uh, New York Rangers. So I think that just made it even more intense since it was number one, number two, going to those two towns respectively. I think Capo Keiko, though, is a little overrated uh, going at number two. He's, he's a good, strong winger, I believe, out of Finland. He's reminds me a lot of Patrick Laine. Uh, just it will be interesting to see if he has the motivation and the will to be a good player, great player in the NHL. Uh, as we've seen with Patrick Laine, it hasn't always been there. But I think if you had to bet on it, though, Capo Keiko will turn out to be a very good NHL player. So watch for those two players, especially going head-to-head -head this year. It's all, it almost reminds me of Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby, although I don't know if we'll have that same kind of rivalry between those two teams, but it's always fun to think about that. Uh, moving on, uh, Tracy Myers brings up of NHL.com brings up Jerry Collington's first full season in Chicago. Uh, obviously replaced Joel Quenville uh, midway through the season last year in Chicago. Uh, Chicago really had an up and down year last year. Got off to a hum ho start. Fired Quenville, then lost seven in a row under Collington, and then. Uh, things got better. They actually got back into the playoff race, and then everything blew up in their face again. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he manages his two superstars and uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze. Uh, they've had a bit of up and down seasons the past couple years. So hopefully, uh, at least Chicago fans are hoping that he can unlock their uh, goal scoring abilities again. So that'll be a fun storyline. Obviously, in that jam-packed Central Division, I. Do see Chicago making some noise though in the Central Division. I'm not sure if they'll make the playoffs, but they will be back because this, they have too many good stars, too many good players. Uh, not to mention that they brought in uh, Robin Leonard to be their uh, goalie as well. We're not sure if Corey Crawford is even going to be able to play this year with his concussion problems. Uh, I'm not even sure if he's retired or not. So that was obviously a question last year. He had poor guy struggled with so many concussions he uh, he's had a real tough go the past couple of years so uh, but keep an eye on Jeremy Collington this his first full season in Chicago be fun to watch uh, hopefully it'll reignite that Blues Blackhawks rivalry that uh, never gets stale obviously by the comments Jonathan Taves made this summer so keep an eye on that this season all right our next one by Rob Reese is uh, predicting that the Canadians will make playoff noise, and this is a subject that I highly agree on. I've been saying it all along. I really think the Canadians will be a good team this year, a really good team this year, like making the playoffs good, possibly making noise in the playoffs. They had 96 points last year, and they missed the playoffs. No, on any normal year, 96 points is going to get you into the playoffs, although they're in the very deep Atlantic Division Eastern Conference. Uh, I think they'll still be fine because teams around them have taken a couple steps back. Boston won't be as good as it was last year. Not sure how Tampa Bay is going to be able to recover from their immensely disappointing playoff exit this year. So 
I think the doors open for Montreal. I see them making a good run. Whenever you have Carey Price in net, your team can always go deep. Uh, Shea Weber is captain, great leader. Uh, love him on that team. And Max Domi also had a big year last year with 28 goals and 44 assists, uh, career highs in 82 games. So that uh, trade to Montreal really woke up Max Domi and has made him into a completely much better player. So I, their guy to watch, though, this year is Jonathan Druin. Last year, obviously, was immensely disappointing for him. Uh, Canadians traded for him, hoping he'd be a center. That obviously flopped right in front of him. Uh, with him, a full season on the wing, though, you might see a bounce back. But Jonathan Druin is going to need to be an essential player for the Canadians if they want to make it to the playoffs. But I don't think it will be that big of a problem for him, I think, in the end. You'll see the Canadians playing in April this year again. All right, uh, Dave Stubbs, columnist for NHL.com, uh, brings up the question of whether Tampa Bay Lightning will rebound this year. Uh, obviously, when you win the President's Trophy, as we've seen, uh, as track records show, uh, teams that win the President's Trophy have a very, very tough time uh, getting wins in the playoffs, and that showed this year is uh, the Lightning's historical season exploded right in front of their faces. They got swept by Columbus in the first round. Uh, that was absolutely crazy. Uh, but they did, Lightning, to their credit, though, did make a couple of uh, minor moves, but I don't think they're getting enough attention because they got Kevin Shattenkirk, who in his day with the St. Louis Blues is a phenomenal defenseman, especially on the power play. I know in Tampa Bay, if, that's, if he can just basically be a power play specialist, Boy, look out! He could be—he could get back to his old form again. They put too much expectations on him in New York. Uh, with the less uh, pressure in Tampa Bay, he'll be fine. He'll score a lot more points, especially if they give him a lot of power play time. He also picked up uh, Patrick Maroon, uh, won the Stanley Cup with the St. Louis Blues, hometown hero. Uh, now that'll bring a lot of grit that. I thought the Lightning were missing last year, especially in the playoffs. They got absolutely pushed around by the Jackets that whole first round. So Patrick Maroon will bring a lot of physicality and some grit and some toughness to their team. So even though there weren't any major moves, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning did upgrade in two key areas. So um, that will be fun to watch them throughout the season, but I'm not sure if they'll have quite the season they did last year. But they are more playoff ready this year. So come April, uh, they'll be a better team. I think they'll have more uh, an idea of what it takes to win the playoffs. All right, and we'll wrap it up here with uh, Mike Ziesberger uh, talking about the P.K. Subban era in New Jersey. And uh, first of all, I have no idea why Nashville chased P.K. Subban out of town, a fan favorite great player yes he's a tad overrated but when you have as many defensemen as Nashville did as many good defensemen you can afford a bit of an overrated player like P.K. Subban so uh, but they traded him to New Jersey uh, he's going to be really he's going to be a rock star in that blue line for New Jersey he's going to be a good anchor for them a good leader for them uh, people say he does have some antics in the clubhouse but you do need some I think that's what the Devils fell into last year as uh, they had some complacency in their uh, locker room. So bringing in P.K. Subban to maybe stir things up and keep things fresh, 
that will really help them as a team. Uh, Lucifer Subban to put up some big numbers this year, uh, especially coming to New Jersey where the fans already love him there. So, uh, as I mentioned before, also that Jack Hughes coming in, Nico Heischer, it's going to be his third year in the league. Uh, there is that question whether Taylor Hall uh, will be around. He, obviously, his contract expires at the end of this year, uh, but I'm not worried about that right now. This New Jersey team looks really good. I expect them to make some noise in the Eastern Conference. Not sure yet if I want to lock them up for a playoff spot, but they will be playing meaningful, meaningful games for at least 80 games this year. So, uh, Devils are going to be a really fun team to watch this year. All right, so that's going to about wrap it up for this podcast. Thank you for uh, listening. As I mentioned before, if you want to read this article, uh, where I got the inspirations from. It's uh, on NHL.com. Much watched storylines for the upcoming season. Thank you for listening. Until next time, Brewfish. Thank you.